Welcome, welcome to the Urban Village Podcast, where the old school house party is alive and well. Remember, the community, the village is still here, the Urban Village. This week, I want to take a moment and um, talk about something really interesting in terms of work, artistic work and movies. We're going to talk about Jordan Peele's Nope. And we're going to take a look at some reviews. Now, I'm not going to give away the crux of this, but know that this is going to be a very interesting movie. Let's take a look. Ready? First, I wanted to read The Atlantic Magazine's uh, review by David Sims of Jordan Peele's Nope, who says that Nope is spectacular indulgent and brutal spectacular indulgent and brutal so he goes on to say one of the many horrifying scenes in jordan peele's nope occurs on the set of a 90s sitcom when a performing chimpanzee flies into a frenzy and attacks his castmates this memory unfolds through the eyes of the child star ricky park played as an adult by the name of Stephen Yoon. Sheltering in Tara in the Ravage Room, at one point his gaze alights on a strange specific sight, a single shoe balanced on its heel, pointing straight up in a seemingly defiance of gravity. It's a tranquil image in a sea of chaos, so distinctive that Ricky has never forgotten it despite the trauma of the day. Jordan Peele's film never explains the mysterious posed shoe. Indeed, Nope is not concerned with explaining much. Instead, the focus is on spectacular and the Herculean emotional and physical tolls that come from witnessing it, or even worse, trying to capture it on camera. The central object of fascination for Nope's ensemble is a saucer-shaped, unidentified flying object that's tooling around the hills outside Los Angeles. And yet, Hill is not just making an inventive sci-fi thriller. Nope is tinged with acidic satire that suffused uh, his previous two movies. As Pillar examines why the easiest way to process horror these days is to turn it into breathtaking entertainment. The brother and sister leads of Nope are OJ Daniel Kulua and Emerald Haywood, Kiki Palmer. They claim that they are the descendants of the jockey who was the subject of the horse in motion, the first moving picture ever captured by a camera. They own a ranch in Aqua Dulce, the dramatic mountain country just beyond Los Angeles that has a backdrop to many a classic western, and they train horses for film appearances. In short, their entire livelihood depends on the movie business. They cheerfully obnoxious, the cheerful, excuse me, obnoxious Emerald sees a born performer herself. But OJ is a a fault that he is the true introvert in the film's portrayal of spot-seeking artists and actors. 
Next door to the Hayward Ranch is the Chensi Amusement Park, operated by Ricky. Who remember Ricky, the one that had the 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 animal, the monkey go bazonkers, who's still coasting on the notoriety of his childhood sitcom horror. Though completely unable to articulate the experience plainly, when asked about the chimpanzee attack, he cheerfully points to a Saturday Night Live parody of the event that pretty much nailed it. After spotting the UFO in the sky, he designs a whole live rodeo show around it, trying to conjure the magic of his youthful performances, even though the line of work has led him to his darkest day. Ricky is one of Pill's most compelling creations, a chipper yet vacant spirit who provides a brutal if indirect critique of the showbiz machine. Hmm. So I take it that this young Ricky, he looked like he was missing his nose or something, and that there was a shoe. Remember, there's something that goes on on the set. He's a childhood actor, and there's this animal that goes berserk, but there's a shoe that's just standing straight up, and people can't figure out what's going on. Nope is filled with mesmerizing hanger-ons, even through the glitz of Hollywood lurks in the background. The film rarely leaves the echoing terrain of Aqua Dulce. They stay on this ranch. Other oddballs include Angel Torres, uh, which is played by Brandon Piera, a tech store clerk who spawns conspira conspiracy theories at OJ and Emerald as he helps them scan the skies for the flying saucer. A gravel voice filmmaker named Houtler Holst, an incredible Michael Wincott, forever in and search for the perfect shot, and an agnemic, fig agnemic figure in the silver helmet whose introduction late in the action adds a poison pen exclamation mark to Peel's already script, sharp script. The ensemble is diffused and Peel must take his entire building our storylines that seem totally unrelated. One could argue that he's that he's due a little indulgence after the grand success of his films Get Out and Us, both of which were more were totally plot plotted and have had acts have had third acts heavy with expo exposition. But the ambiguity is also justified by the unknowledgeable or unknowable infants and invasive force at the center of no which tells and which excuse me which unites every character yes I've been up two days this is going into my third day but I want you to remember this the story is never ever told it's never told it's never finished until the lion the lion is a storyteller and the hunter is not this has been a brown bear. Bolton, Valen, Carter, Riley, Productions. Need a little downtime, a little R&R &R with something good and memorable that will make you believe that there still is a future in the past? Read Claretta Street in bookstores everywhere and Amazon. Really, what is this film about? 
Well, the trailer is saying that you can go anywhere and look up. Is that the goal is is that these two orphan young adults whose parent whose father has been killed, it is their sole mission to find a spacecraft, to photograph a spacecraft. But um, that's where the story gets real divergent. So that's it for me this week. I am like so exhausted. I cannot tell you. I've been up for now two days, going on three. It's just a really... Street.